We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Nice jumper. Got it. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire podcast and Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network bringing you all the Bucks coverage all the time. Listen, folks, it's preseason. I'm not on my A game. Brooke Lopez, not on his A game, but my wonderful co-host, Rohan Cotty, is on his A game. I'm Ty Windish, by the way. Rohan, how's it going? We're back. We are back. We, we're here to talk about a Milwaukee Bucks game. I know we've had Summer League, and given this felt a lot like a Summer League game <laughs> Especially in many respects. Yeah. Yes, but it was not. It was much better than a Summer League game. It was an actual preseason game that was technically played in an NBA arena for three quarters uh, because uh, after the third quarter, the fire alarm went off uh, yep. in Memphis in FedEx Forum, the other forum in the NBA. And uh, they just evacuated all the fans and players, but not the broadcasters for some reason. In the order order of uh, importance, apparently (laughs) they do not care at all about the broadcasters. They're like, no, you're going to stay here. Even if this is a real fire, you're going to stay here and be on TV and talk about this while the fire surrounds you. So it's, it's like, you know how they send war correspondence that that was, that was what life became for Kevin Harlan and Stan Van Gundy. And they embraced their duty. They not un, unflinchingly sat there and reported on and the Marcus state and of Lisa. the game. Yeah. And Marcus and Yeah. Listen, everyone was committed to journalism and that's what we like to see, Rohan. We like to see that. Um, so, by the way, I know we're going to get into the Bucks' new broadcast crew probably in a little bit. I watched the TNT feed. Kevin Harlan and Stan Van Gundy, A+. I really hope that that two-man crew gets a lot of assignments for TNT. Not hearing Marv, what a blessing. What a blessing. I was worried that he was somehow going to come back because yeah, he did in the playoffs. Where it's like, this it's like, oh, this is his last game. And then he's, it's, he's back like two just, games later. It's like, okay, are we actually done, Marv? <laughs> I think he's actually done now, though. 
Well, fingers, fingers crossed. Okay, let's talk about the basketball. I said before we started recording, I think I have at least one note on every buck who played, um, which did not include, if, if you're unaware, no Giannis, no Chris, no Drew, no Bobby, no Dante, no Shemi, and no Rodney Hood. Um, it seems like Rodney and Shemi practiced. So thankfully, it looks like we will get a look at those guys before preseason is over. I would also assume we get a look at Chris and Drew at some point. I mean, they 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 just made stuff up for those guys, it, it seems like. Um, I, I think they're going to be ready. I think this is really more an abundance of caution and load management for two guys who have played a lot of basketball in the last 12 months. Giannis and Dante and even Bobby to a lesser extent. TBD if we see those guys in the preseason you want to talk about the injuries at all? We don't know that much about most of this outside of what I just spelled out, but I don't know. I'm not that concerned yet about any of this. Yeah, we talked about Giannis and Dante on our last episode, where it's just like Giannis is he's just not practiced and he says his knee is still in pain, which is it's concerning. It's very concerning, but yes. we'll see what happens. It seems like the Bucks, they're not too, too worried about it. Dante, who knows, honestly. He's ahead of the timeline, which I think Dante's timeline is, you know, like sometime before the sun explodes, the earth is Dante's Dante's timeline is being accelerated by a player that we are going to talk about. That's a great call. Yeah. You know what? Let's leave the injuries aside. Well, no, let's touch on Bobby first. Bobby left the pre, uh, not the preseason, the intra-squad scrimmage. The pre-preseason basketball. That happened at Pfizer Forum that for some reason wasn't televised or streamed anywhere, yeah, which is weird because they done that every year and I was expecting them to do it and they didn't. I was like, oh, cool. I guess I can't watch this because I'm not at the arena, um, which happened on Sunday. He sort of tweaked something, felt wrong, hamstring. left the game. Yeah, hamstring. And uh, he just hasn't practiced since then. And, you know, it's been like two days. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll keep you guys updated. I think the most important, two important things to keep in mind before we move on to the guys who did play. Um, the Bucks are going to be incredibly cautious. I think regular season two, but certainly in the preseason, right? This, I mean, people say regular season doesn't matter. This really, really doesn't matter. So, you know, the second Bobby indicates any sort of hamstring thing, he's not playing in the first preseason game that's two days away. It's just, they're not going to do it. It's not worth having something really get tweaked and then he misses the actual real basketball. And the just to think about with Giannis, it feels like Giannis's knee almost always hurts. Like I feel like Giannis's knee is on and off bugged him for pretty much forever, which maybe is not comforting, but I do think that's part of the reason I'm not more like super concerned. A, it doesn't seem like anyone around the org, including Giannis, is all that concerned. And B, I just think I just think the the org is used to ha- like managing Giannis's knee. I don't think this is new. I think Giannis will always probably need a game off here or there for his knee as we go through his career. He's huge and super explosive. And also it happened to bend the wrong way a couple months ago. So not overly surprising, not too concerning yet. Would like to see him at least do a little bit of practicing at some point. I think that would really make me feel better. Um, but I'm not going to sound the alarms right now. No, no. It's just we're in the wait and see stage. We yeah. still have a little bit to go and a long time, realistically, before it really even matters. Yeah, and listen, if if the Bucks are down one superstar, it looks like the Nets might be down one superstar half the time too. So um what a world. Okay, Bucks basketball. 
We're going to not rapid fire, but we're going to exchange picking who we want to talk about. I will let you go first. You may have the honor. You wrote tonight, so that that means you are the esteemed podcaster. If you don't know, Eurostep Podcast Network Substack. Is it gspn.substack.com? Yes, it is. And you can find all of our content at bit.ly slash findgspn2. That's the Substack, the pod feed, and the YouTube where you will be able to watch this podcast sometime after the audio feed goes up. But um, on the Substack, that's where Buck's stock market lives now. So we might reference this a bit on the podcast. We won't go through the whole thing, I don't think. But we are back doing the Buck stock market. If you're not aware, this was something we did on Twitter. Kind of giving, giving not, we don't do it for every player on the team every game, but giving out up and down stocks as we see fit. And then tracking the market as we go. We're not going to track preseason as we go. Those are just this is this is a warm up for us to maybe we'll track them for the preseason. They're not going to count for the real games, I don't think. Maybe maybe oh you know what maybe we can do IPOs. We'll talk about it offline. Um, but uh, Buck Stock Market Rohan did the honors of writing the first Buck Stock Market post on the Substack. So gspn.substack.com. Go check that out if you haven't already. For all the up and down stocks, all the movements. The only place you'll find it. We're not the only gonna place be you'll find it. We're not doing it all on Twitter. We we teased out a couple. You're not gonna get the whole thing. Gotta go to the Substack, people. We are we're having a Plus, lot of fun. Usually it's and analysis. Piece. Yeah. Yeah. Talk yeah, so I had yeah. I had uh, a piece up today or yesterday, Tuesday, <laughs> about about Giannis and sort of his evolution in terms of his shot making something that we've talked about. I decided to dive into the data clips and it's oh, yeah. uh it's interesting. There's a great piece too. It, some good clips, some data. We, we love data on the show and you know, some good Giannis hook content, which who, who would not want to watch Giannis making shots in the finals? I mean, that's, that's all you need for the click right there. So go check out all the Substack stuff. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Completely free. There's no paywalled content on there as of yet. Once we have 10 million subscribers, maybe we'll charge a buck. But for now, completely free. Okay. I said it four times. Bucks preseason basketball. Go pick a Milwaukee buck and let's talk about their performance. Uh, I already talked about him. It's Grayson Allen. Yeah, I think that's a good place to start. Grayson Allen, he is the player I was talking about when I said he is going to be accelerating Dante DiVincenzo's timeline. Not literally, obviously, but he's gunning for his role and he had a great, great showing in his first game facing his former team in the Memphis Grizzlies. He's bouncy, he's springy, plays really well, hits his shots. You can quick trigger. If you go under a screen, he's pulling up. Ooh, What's like not to play. love about Grayson like Allen? Play. You know what else I liked? Better with the ball than I anticipated. Like yeah. showing a little bit of like in addition to the the pull up, like attacking the basket, putting the ball on the ground. I mean, he did a fair amount of ball handling in his under 17 minutes of play because the Bucks are always light on point guards without Giannis and Chris. They were really light on ball handling. So we had uh, Jordan War running offense. We had George Hill, which makes sense. We had Grayson. We even had some other players who didn't always go all that well. Um, but Grayson in his ball handling reps looked really capable, which is not something I expected. You know, I thought we'll see some some shot making from three. He was three for six tonight, so a really good start there. I thought we'll see some solid positional defense. I don't think he is a clamps defender, but I think he's good at his role, and he's certainly athletic enough 
to hang with most players. Not as good as Dante. Not as good as Dante on that end. No, definitely not. More consistent maybe, but not as good overall. I think Dante's lows are lower than typical Grayson. Dante's midpoint is probably still pretty significantly higher, at least the last time we saw Dante. Um, But the athleticism did surprise me a bit. Everyone said it. Everyone kept citing his vert at the combine. And he's springy. I didn't really believe it. You sit and just watch him, and it, it was pretty easy to focus on him considering the amount of players the Bucks played who are probably going to play more with the herd than the Bucks this year. He is really springy. He's more athletic than I gave him credit for. He can handle the ball a bit. Really, like, if you ask me within reason to draw up ideal skill set for the Bucks' fifth guy, I don't think I'd be that far off from Grayson Allen. Just his ability to go off the bounce, just someone who can go downhill while also provide shooting. That yes, is the perfect fit. Yes. That's why guys like Pat Connaughton have thrived in this Milwaukee system because you can just find ways to attack, find seams. It's not just it's it's not just because like oh Pat he's just like a jumpy guy. No, Grayson and Pat play very different roles, but in the sense of they can fit with the starters by finding their own seams. That's where the similarities occur. And that's why, like you were saying, Grayson fits so well with this team and can fit so well when we see the starters. Again, we haven't seen that. We yeah. may never see that until the regular season starts. Yeah, two whole weeks from now only. Um, Is it? But, wait. Oh, God. Yeah, it's two weeks from as we're recording. To, we're, we're back and we're back for real. Um, but uh, I just think, have we really had, so I think I've heard Zach Lowe talk about, and Zach Lowe talks about everything great, but um, plug Zach Lowe every day, but just like the ability of a player, uh, uh, a tertiary player to make that decision quickly and be able to capably drive, kick or shoot. And that's like, that's what you need to be a good role, a really good role player, like a, a three and a D player, so to speak, is like, you have to be able to do all three and process to do all three quickly. It feels like Grayson might be the best combo of those three things the Bucks have had around the Giannis, Chris, Drew, and even just Giannis, Chris, not not in, not including Drew in that pool of players, but just since those two have played together and been good, one of the better, I guess Brogdon probably is, if you if you count him, he's probably pretty significantly better, but Grayson right up there in terms of guys they've had who can do, who have to, are in that role. Yeah, and that's why I'm sort of saying he's gunning for Dante's role because one thing Dante has really struggled with, given he fixed it last season, uh, He's, he's shooting. Yeah. Struggled immensely his rookie year. Well, and his he, finishing is the issue. His finishing, yes, I think, is even was, more yeah, That's what I was going to yeah. get to next. His finishing really, really did not go well. His rookie season did not go well last season. It just, it might not be his thing. No. And Grayson, Grayson in this game, two for two within the arc? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Grayson can do all three things at a decent level. That's what they need. They don't need a guy who has any deficiencies in that spot. And again, Dante's fine. Dante's really good. He can be really good in that role. It's just that Grayson can provide more. And that's why I'm saying it's going to be really interesting. I've been maintaining after this season, the Bucks are keeping one of these two players yep. and they're on even footing right now. I might even go farther than that, quite honestly. To me, I, I just mean, think- literally they're not on even footing because Dante's <laughs> foot <Scooting>. is... <laughs> um... I just think the 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 steadiness of Grayson, and not in a George Hill way. Like I don't think he's going to 
single-handedly steady the ship in, in a close game. But just, I just think there's going to be such value that we pick up in knowing what you're going to get from that player in kind of a Wes Matthews way and almost even a PJ Tucker way in the playoffs. Like those guys weren't as, as all around useful. I'm not saying he's going to match what they were able to do on one. I think that's what you're saying. Ty Windish says no. uh, Grayson Allen is the PJ Tucker replacement. That's all I'm hearing. No, but it's just like, you knew what you knew what PJ was going to do every night and you knew what Wes was going to do every night too, right? Like Wes is going to go out there play really strong defense, make one, three every fortnight. And that, that was about it. And PJ was going to play the really strong defense and not make the three and add more rebounding. Grayson, like if you can depend on this guy, he's going to make one to three threes a night. He's going to play solid defense. He's going to facilitate a little bit. He's going to attack the basket when there's an opportunity to do so or somebody closes out too hard. I just think that's a very interesting player to put in the Bucks ecosystem. Like I think that is very intriguing on a team with guys, like basically the four the four best guys who didn't play, when they're all playing in games, they, they just have to be prioritized so much. So I think Grayson is really going to eat. Supercharged Tony Snell. Oh, yes, absolutely. Listen, sorry, Snell season. Sorry, Snell season. Um, first, restore Wherever Snell season on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Save Snell season so he can tweet angrily at us about that. But I really like that comp. Okay. I'll pick now. Let's continue the good vibes. Jordan Wara, who I think really impressed both of us. The shot making still on display, although his three wasn't wasn't on point. Not concerned about that. Jordan Wara could shoot 15 of 16 in a preseason game. I wouldn't really care that much. We know he's capable of that, right? Like we know Jordan Wara has the sauce to pull up and hit a bunch of contested jumpers in guys' faces. That's great. My favorite Jordan Wara play of this game, pull up. He looks like he's going to shoot a three, kind of pump fakes a little bit, draws the defenders out of the way, has an open straight on above the break three, passes to the Nassus in the dunker spot for a guaranteed two points. I don't think we see that play from Jordan Wara last year. Honestly, don't even know if he's making that play in the Olympics, although that obviously seems ridiculous to say because it wasn't that long. But I do think that seems to me like a really encouraging sign from Wara. Overall, three assists in his 22 minutes also had three turnovers but three steals four rebounds he was all over i just like that he was looking to pass a little bit more that wasn't even my favorite jordan wore a pass of the game uh my favorite jordan wore a pass of the game was uh he had a transition opportunity where he sort of i forget who was on the right wing and he was trailing the George Hill was on the right wing, and then he was trailing the left wing, sort of drew the space between defenders and another guy who's on the left wing. I believe it was Grayson Allen. Uh, froze both defenders, threw a nice little behind-the-back pass to Grayson, I believe, who missed the three. But he just he immediately read the transition defense and made a good play and a good pass to get a wide-open shot. Again, he, like whoever, I believe it was Grayson, missed the shot. But that doesn't like that doesn't matter for Jordan War right. because he read the defense and made a nice setup and it was a it was a great pass. It was a nice little behind the back ditch. I was thinking of a different play. He also passed ahead in transition to it was an easier pass, but he basically hit a hit ahead pass to George Hill right in the corner for for a nice look at a three two. Do you know how many times Jordan Wara had three assists in a game last season? He played twenty or more minutes four times. If you want context, twice zero. 
Zero time. So when, when you say three assists is meaningful at 22 minutes, it really is. Like, we've not seen him put up – and maybe he didn't last preseason. I don't think so. Did they even have preseason last year? Yes. I think they, they, if they did, they shortened it. Whatever. I, I don't yeah. know if he did or not. But regardless, like all regular season, and he played some real minutes, he never put up three assists in the game. So it did feel like a slightly different aura. Um, I think defensively, he's kind of like if – like, you know how Dante – I think Dante is a good defender who is maybe a great defender because of the splash plays, the risky plays. Jordan War is a bad defender who's maybe an okay defender because of the splash plays. Like, he's going to die on screens. He's going to get lost off ball occasionally. But he's also going to force some turnovers, get moving in transition, jump out of nowhere to intercept a pass. He's long. He's a good athlete. I'm intrigued. I'm, in, I'm more intrigued than I was by Wara. And I think, listen, the the backup wing minutes outside of Pat and Bobby, if you want to consider him as such, pretty wide open. I think we've kind of been penciling in Shemi. I I think Wara is going to make it more of a conversation if he continues to play make like that. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I agree. We do have some breaking news here. Well, I was going to say, I saw you looking down. What's going on? Um. At, are they, uh, are they nine, playing out the game? At 9.53 p.m., they have officially called the game. Oh, oh, good. <laughs> I thought they were going to make him go back in and finish it. Um, yeah, I think after the Bucks grab barbecue and put on street clothes, I think the writing was a little bit on the wall for that one, but good to know. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Who do you want to talk about next? Um, let's go. Let's go, Brooke. Why not? <laughs> let's just get it over with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he didn't care. He, no, I. You know, it, it's funny. Is like I wanted to commend him for being like the one starter who actually played, and I don't think he really necessarily wanted to be the one starter who actually played. No, I mean. 
To be fair, I think he did want to play. He's one of those guys who prides himself on not missing any games. Yeah. Like, uh, I believe it was year one of Bud where he just uh, he missed the last game of the season. And it's like, oh, dang, I just missed one game. Uh, so I think he was fine just going out there. But uh, that's that's where he stopped caring because nothing uh, nothing he did on the court really reflected any of his abilities, which is fine because we know now. That you yeah. just need to make sure he's good for the postseason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's game it. Player. That's gonna, all that matters at this point. I'm just going to keep mumbling it to myself all year. He did score Remember the, the first bucket. Yeah, the reading materials. That I really, I tried to too. hold out. I tried to hold out. I really did. I'm going to try harder this year. We might end up in the same place, though. I see. The thing is, we've seen them win a title with Brook Lopez being dominant. So, yeah, it's fine. I'm gonna. Like, I'm gonna. I still. I don't. The reading materials are very persuasive. <laughs> That's all I I'm mean, gonna like, say. To be fair, the the one uh, low lights, I guess, or highlight for the Grizzlies is like John ja Moran just dunking. So oh not really God. on Brook Lopez, but no. Brook Lopez, he's like he literally is just like fine do it. Oh like, yeah, he's like, I'm good. On like this. it's preseason. <laughs> I'm too old for this. Like <laughs> just do it. Just do a young fella. Just do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I don't even want to. I'm not concerned. It doesn't matter. It's it. Yeah, it does it, not matter. No. This is preseason. Yeah, game yeah. one of the preseason. Uh, all right, I'll bounce to another big man. Let's talk about Javin Delorier. Delorier. Oh, um, not a great first showing in a Bucks uniform for the young fella. One missed shot and one rebound in 18 minutes. He really got some chances to play. Did almost nothing in them. Tried to post up Xavier Tillman and just got annihilated. And that was his one shot attempt. Six foot ten big man. He blocked a ton of shots in a four-year career at Duke. Um, I, I, uh, I don't, want, I don't want to be, I feel like we're, uh, you don't want to be mean. We're, we're like Stephen A and Skip right now. Like, oh, I don't want to be, mean. <laughs> I don't want to be disrespectful. <laughs> I don't like that. That makes me skip, but it just wasn't good. Um, it doesn't look like an NBA player so far. I don't want to, you know, make a verdict on his, his old career, but I mean, let's be real. Uh, all these guys on non-guaranteed deals were probably going to end up with the herd or somewhere else. Except um, for one who we'll talk about. We'll see. Um, but Javin might have to step it up even to end up on the herd at this point because that was not a good it's show. It's just, yeah, he seemed out of place defensively. Uh, his off, like that was a set play to get him that post up too, which is the greatest thing of all time. Like Bud's just like, let's get this. He's like, I want this. We got a big guy. Let's use our bigs. We we love bigs. Let's weaponize our size. And it, it didn't it didn't work out. Um really feels like John Horace said I want to know what he did in practice to warrant that play. I I don't know how much who was he posting up to get that possession called for. Listen, Rohan, I don't even know if Bud <laughs> was putting in that much effort uh, in this game. Did you Bud has reached new heights with talking while saying absolutely nothing. I don't think, I don't know if you saw this tweet or not, but he was asked on the TNT broadcast, basically they t- he, he mentioned the defense wasn't looking like he wanted. And the, it was a good question. It was like, can you talk about, you know, what else you're working on camp? And if that's been translating, he goes, really just working on playing five on five and getting out there. 
Oh, okay. Great answer, bud. I'm glad to hear that the team is focused on playing five on five basketball games this year. I, I didn't expect that, um, but it's uh, really illuminating. Thank you for sharing that one, bud. See, the thing is, he's been vindicated now. Oh, I, now I just love it. I, I, there was a time where I might have been upset about this. Now I'm just like, classic bud. That's bud for you. He's gonna it's say the, it's nothing. the pop thing now. It's going to yeah. become a joke. It's, in the it's, like a non, it's like a non-rude version of the pop thing where it's just like, it's just completely boring. Instead of like being like, like, like not mean, sometimes mean, but like, you know, biting or stinging with it. Bud's just going to do the opposite and just be like, basketball. He's just going to start saying the word basketball over and over on these interviews. And like, that's going to be it. He makes reporters not want to ask questions. <laughs> hey, like, it's not even, it's not fear. It's just like, oh, this is going to What be, are we doing? This is going to be a whole lot of nothing, isn't it? Um, classic bud. Okay, your, your pick. I don't think we have any more DeLaurier thoughts. Um, oh, wait, no, I, I, I didn't get to say my joke. Oh. John Horst this offseason really said, don't worry, we have Mamadi at home. And, and they signed this guy. <laughs> Bam. Boom. Roasted. Okay, go ahead. He's going to get 21, I'm telling you. Oh, my God. Let's not even right now. He's going to get 21. The uncontested guys agree with me. So of course they do. <laughs> uh, let's talk uh, Let's talk Yorgos. Okay. So, um, full disclosure, going into this game, I forgot he was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him. The young guys make a lot of TikToks. They do. I, I, I see him in a TikTok. He was by far... The worst. I think it was Mamu put up the talk of like they were like four of them interacting. No effort, no effort from from Georgios or Yorgos. I, I can't remember which way it is. Yorgos. Yorgos. He just sat there like barely nodding. Not even everyone else had a uniform on. He was wearing a hoodie. Didn't like to see it. Not a good level of engagement on the TikTok. Um, yeah, but the thing is, uh, good thing he was engaged in this game. Sort of. I mean, here's the thing. It's sort of what we were talking about with his summer league performance in that he looked like a professional out there. Like that's what separated him because he has played professional basketball in Greece. And it's just like, there's a difference between guys who are trying to do this and fight for spots and stuff versus a guy who knows how to play in a professional environment and has done it before. And that's where he sort of stands out. He's drawing charges that absolutely should not have been a charge. That was moving. So bad. That was like one of the worst <laughs> calls I've ever seen in a preseason game. But um, he's just trying to find his spots. He didn't hit a shot. He only took two shots, oh of two from three. But I just thought he was in the right spots at times. Like there was one possession where um, I believe it was Jordan Worrell was cutting and sort of um, hooking around to the basket. And then he found Thanasis in the dunker spot. And uh, I don't know if the Nasus was supposed to end up there because Yorgos had relocated all the way from the other side of the court to be in that sort of area. And I was like, oh, he's perfectly set up. And then the Nasus shows up and gets the dunk. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. But like Yorgos was right there. So again, there's not a lot to, not a lot to take away from this performance. He didn't do a whole lot, no, but he didn't know. do a whole lot to make me seem like, oh, this guy does not belong in an NBA court. Yeah. Uh, Which I, I guess it's not the most glowing endorsement yeah. I, I know. But it's <laughs> I would prefer if he proved to me that he did, not that he doesn't not, but I don't know. I don't have a lot of thoughts. I wasn't wowed. I, I want to see – I need to see more results both on the court and on the TikToks. You mentioned the Nasus. Let's get it over with. 
Probably should have been a down stock. Great performance. You fought yeah. me on the down stock. Uh, just pretty atrocious game from TA trying to do way. I don't know how he ended up with one turnover. His one turnover should have been worth four turnovers. It was a behind the back pass, but he didn't actually like, he just dropped it behind him. I don't know what the, the thought process was. So he, so <laughs> not even close for, for context. I gotta, I gotta find this clip. I gotta, you gotta, you gotta find the clip and put us over it and just loop it like 60 times. <laughs> So he blocks a very impressive block and he gets the ball and just starts running down the court and tries. He's like, oh, man, this is going to be a highlight and a half right here. I get a really cool block. Then I'm pushing the ball in transition, throw behind the back over the head. (laughs) And it just goes nowhere. It goes right. I think I think this is the benefit of the Bucks being world champions. Is that we could just sit here and, and just laugh hysterically. Um, it's so good. And there was <laughs> one of the first possessions of the game was him posting up. I don't Was it Jop oh, that he was posting up? Um, I don't remember who he posted up. It didn't go super well. He hit a nice little half spin, got to the paint, and just kind of shot a flitter. <laughs> I think um, I, I'm not going to hold out hope that TA ends up filling the uh the backup four five role. I'm not I'll tell you what, it's very fun. <laughs> it is. Listen, I think it's I, I think I'm just gonna I think I'm just resigning myself to it, the TA experience being the same as it as it was last year. We're like, you know, six minutes every game or two. It's like, oh yeah, this is you know, go pester somebody, draw a charge. Played 35 second increments. I'm not gonna hold out hope for a real extended like role in the rotation. I think he's just like he's he's unless, UD. He's unless UD. they play the uh the nuggets or the Mavs and they the play finals. the nuggets. Okay, or the Mavs too. Why the Mavs? Remember when he got under Lucas skin? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's see if Thanasis can get like a double ejection, him and Luca. That that would be now you talk about a real contribution. That's that's a real contribution to winning. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've been higher, but this was not as performance. I, I felt like I felt like he was very aware it was preseason. He was just like, I can do whatever I want, and he really, he really took that to its extent. I it it was so much fun though. I could I couldn't. I can't believe he didn't chuck up a three. They kept playing him too. He started <laughs> and just kept playing, and it, it was what it was. It was incredible. I hope we see more of this throughout the regular season. <laughs> the rest games just going to be your your time to shine. We might just let you solo pod. Just put Rohan it's in just, front of a microphone for an gonna hour. It's just going to be me laughing. Just you just you just break down every Thanasis possession. It's just glow on his his off ball defense and everything else. Okay, who's next? Um. Uh, did we did we officially talk about George Hill? No, I don't think we did. No, I, probably the best zero for five shooting game you could ask for. Yeah, I mean, he had all five of those shots were wide open threes. Yeah, maybe not wide open. A couple yeah, of them were quick trigger, wide open, which yeah. was good to see. It was yep. good to see quick trigger George Hill. Uh, it was bad to see zero for five, but we know <laughs> at this point that he's he's a consistent shooter. He's a good shooter. He's a great shooter. Some might say. Um, 
it's just, it's a top shooting performance. And he, he was making, he was making some good passes, some good reads. He looks like he's actually developed some chemistry with Brooke Lopez and TA. I mean, given he's been on this team before, so he knows these guys, Yeah. but uh, it's nice to see the George Brooke and the, the Thanasis George Hill connection is real. <laughs> Did you notice that every time Thanasis, most of the time Thanasis had the ball, he rejected a DHO with uh with I believe it was Wara and immediately went and found Hill one time. He did that a couple of times in the game where he's whenever he has the ball, he immediately wants to flow into a DHO. And it's like, oh, I know he can get me a good pass or we can make a good read off of this because George Hill is that good of a player. So some nice chemistry has been uh has been rekindled in Milwaukee. I, just on the quick trigger stuff, I, I noticed that as well and was very encouraged by that. I think that was like the the before the pandemic, George Hill leading the NBA in three-point percentage, but just not shooting a lot or or shooting very quickly. It was Brogdon-esque, like wide open threes, and, and a lot of them were going in. I want to give credit to Jake from the Discord, who I thought put this really well. Also, Eurogroup Discord, popping off again. Now that the Bucks are back. We got a fantasy league going with people from the Discord. That was a lot of fun. I picked Bobby Portis. No big deal. I picked uh, Jeff Teague. You did pick Jeff. I forgot about that. And I think we sniped each other on picks inadvertently a whole lot of times. But uh, Jake from the Discord, if you want to get in the Discord, send a screenshot of your review on Apple Podcasts, five stars. And plus, it's an added bonus. You get the review read, the five-star review read, and you get to come in the Discord if you'd like to do that. But send that to us on Twitter at Tywindish, at Arcadi Jr., at Eurostep Podcast. Or you can email it to Eurosteppod at gmail.com. Jake says, much, much quicker. This is on, on Hill. After I, I put in there, he's missing, but I like that he's shooting faster. He said, I like it. Even if he shoots high 30s with more attempts instead of high 40s with three per game, like 1920. Couldn't agree more. I would trade seven or eight percentage points, whatever. He shot like 40, 45%, more than that maybe. High 30s instead of mid 40s, but on actually shooting contested threes and and quick trigger threes and not needing to be so wide open. I think that's a more useful player for the Bucks. Yeah, and plus he's still going to be that uh, steadying ship that we call him for this offense. He doesn't have to do much at the end of games, which we've been talking about ever since his signing because yeah. they have Drew Holiday. He doesn't have to be <laughs> the best point guard on the team in the late stretch of playoff games. So. It's just it's just perfect. He look he looks so happy to be out of basketball purgatory that he was in last season. <laughs> um, yeah, five I, I'm happy guys. for him. I, I am too, and I think this was a this was always going to be probably a rough game for him. Uh, this he was kind of in that role again here with so many guys out. So I'll be a lot more excited to see him coming off the bench, maybe spot starting. We'll see, um, but really playing with the good players, I think he'll look he'll look a lot better. Okay. Um, I think that's all the starters now. Let's go with Pat Cotton. I don't have a lot. Um, I will here's my one note. I said I had one note, one thing that stood out at least about everyone. Some good finishes from Pat Cotton in this game. A couple times, kind of scooped a whoop layups out there. That that was the whitest thing I've said on this it. podcast. But <laughs> for the 2817 Kanye. Yeah. Oh god. Um but I, I thought – I was, like, pretty impressed. I was like, okay, Pat is – you know, always has been athletic, but I thought he had displayed some pretty nice touch, which – Do you know we played baseball, Ty? Oh, my God. <laughs> they invoked 
the I think it was Kevin Harlan. I don't think yeah, it must have been him. He invoked the names of Deion Sanders and Bo Jackson, talking about Pat Cotton's two sport. He was only he was drafty. He never played in the MLB, and they kept Bo Jackson. And then I got a bunch of good replies. Hey, show me Bo Jackson's NBA championship ring. Fair enough. Fair enough. I guess Pat does. Maybe Pat is the one who should be offended by that comp. Yeah. Did Bo Jackson ever win a title in anything? I don't believe he did. Everyone's looking up to Pat. Yeah, maybe Pat's going to get on Twitter and be like, never put me in the same sentence as Bo Jackson again. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I thought overall just, you know, fine game. One for four from deep. Whatever. It's going to happen. What did you think about Pat's performance? Yeah, I thought just about the same. It's just like he was out there doing Pat constant things. Yeah. uh, It's it's not really going to be – really showcased in a game where he's supposed to be a main offensive contributor. At one point just, you, you texted me, he's the best player on the floor and that's how you know this is a mess. Yes. <laughs> it's just, he was leaps and bounds ahead of any other player on the court for the Bucks, And it was just like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing here? And I think the building thought the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, they, they ended it. They said, no, no more basketball game. Um, um, maybe maybe the building was scared that Pat was gonna, you know, tear it down and build some housing there. So they, <laughs> they got him out of the area. Uh, uh, it's a to be Pat's he's been making some strides. He's learning some things. Uh, yeah, no, it's listen. I, I didn't I didn't use the S word this time. Uh, who should we talk about next? Uh, let's talk about Mamu. Yes, I've been excited to get here. Um, Okay, the take, word, the, take the reins. The word you used, um, my reins are quoting you. The word you used in the, the the stock market breakdown, weird. And that wasn't the first word that came to mind. The thing that stands out to me about Mamu, I didn't expect him to be quick. He's a lot more athletic than I thought, which I think bodes really well for him to actually being able to be an NBA player someday. I know we've had great fun with the Jokic comp, but in a more limited comparison sort of way it's not Jokic I think of but like Sabonis is kind of a player who lives between that four and five really in in defensive positioning and they just kind of make it work because he's so fun and useful offensively uh Mamu's far away from Sabonis obviously but I think with the quickness and athleticism he showed in this game like if that's going to be how he looks all the time then I'm less concerned that he's not ever going to be playable on, on the defensive end in NBA basketball, which is pretty exciting considering all the stuff he's already able to do offensively. Yeah, he did get – he got picked on a few times. But, again, you're going against Ja Morant. You're going to get picked yeah. on sometimes. Yeah, everyone so. got picked on time to time by Ja. Ja and the Grizzlies looked really good, by the way. Not that good because the Bucks were within 10 with none of their players, but Ja in particular looked awesome. Yeah, Ja Ja's fun. He's so much fun. Like, ah, oh, Grizzlies are going to be fun to watch. Um, big Jaron Jackson fan too, but but uh, Mamu, he was he impressed me a, a little bit more than I thought he would. He was able to find a role which was not something I really expected. I've been very down on him, which maybe isn't fair to him, but it's just what I think. But 
I don't know. He see like you were saying, he seemed playable, which is a massive, massive step. Yeah. Like if you can do that while also bringing like offensive skills in terms of passing, like I know you're tweeting about him needing to get more like elbow touches in the game and just like, yeah, if you can work out of the post and sort of make uh make your big man, your offensive hub, like that can work. Like we've seen it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, there's a long ways to go. We're going to have to trial this a lot in Oshkosh, yep. but it's, Looking better than I thought it was. The Mamu, the Mamu, excuse me, stat line is impeccable. Four for six from the field, 0 for 1 from deep, uh, 1 for 2 from free throw, which is whatever. Nine points, seven rebounds, five offensive. This man is fighting on the glass. Three assists, um, one turnover, two fouls. Um, I, he's very similar stat line to Justin Robinson, so I was getting confused. But this is, this is like against real NBA players. This is the thing. Like the Grizzlies, I talked to Dylan Brooks and Sam Merrill. Um, had just about everyone, and like Killian Tilly, who I thought was a created player on 2K until I saw him in the injury report. But I really so rotation wise, they're they're outside of uh outside of Brooks, they had everyone healthy and they played them pretty substantial amount of minutes. So, you know, Mamu's going up against like Steven Allen, Xavier Tillman, uh Jaron Jackson Jr. And doing really well rebounding the ball, like existing on offense, like you said, getting picked on a little bit defensively, but I don't think he was unplayable. I thought it was really encouraging. Like I thought my take on this whole game was it might actually have been more important for the Bucks that all those guys sat out and we got to see some of these end of bench guys against real NBA players because there are some rotational minutes up for grabs, both obviously long-term of course, there's a bunch, but even this season, like I mentioned earlier, the backup four thing, the starting two guard and, and how the guard rotation works in general, like outside of the four guys who sat out, Brooke, George Hill, Pat, um, really outside of those guys and, and Dante presumably when he gets back, like there's just not that much set in stone yet. So I thought it was important. And, you know, do I expect Mamu to be in the rotation by the end of the year? Probably not. But good showing for him, and I agree, just positive signs for for Sandro. Yeah, we'll see what the future holds. Maybe he'll, uh, I don't know, we'll see some, I don't know, he might uh, be in the situation where he runs out of the NBA days because that's going to be, that can, that's going to be a thing again, right? Because they didn't really care about that last year. We'll see. We'll see. Um, they might just say they don't care about it again um, just because, Times are tough in this season, and we already have a lot of players out for a significant amount of time. But um, that that would be interesting if it came to it. I mean, that could also be, you know, he could be the 15th guy if there's not a buyout situation that emerges too. Something to think about. Um, let's go to the other two-way guy, Justin Robinson, who I didn't know a whole hell of a lot about. But for a six-foot-one guard basically you're gonna have to be pretty stout offensively to play unless you're like the rare short guy unicorn like chris paul who's a great defender at that size just really doesn't happen all that i don't know often. why i didn't think of him i thought you were gonna say like mugsy i don't know why was mugsy a great defender no oh <laughs> I, so i that's why i'm wondering why i was thinking chris paul mugsy. is the only one of the only ones i'm sure people will will at me I mean, Sidney Moncrief wasn't huge, but he's a lot bigger than six six one. Um, but Justin Robinson, none of the, like like none of those guys in pretty much any way. 
Um, but the shot looked really good. Uh, I think he shot 40% in the G League last year after not being a great shooter before that. Was the best buck from deep in this game, three for four. It's a very low arcing shot. Unfortunately, he missed both of his twos. Uh, had three assists and a turnover. You know, do I think he's ever going to be on a standard NBA contract on the Bucks? No, but I think this was a step in the right direction for him, and he'll have time in Oshkosh to potentially prove me wrong. Yeah, he showed he's capable of being in an NBA offense going against real NBA players. Yeah. And he's hitting his shots that look good. It's just, I don't know. It's it's tough for me to evaluate these players outside of the vacuum of Milwaukee. Yeah. Because obviously that's how we're going to view it in terms of this team. I just, I don't know. I don't see it with this team. I could see it with another team. Just, I don't know. Not with this team. Yeah, I just feel like, you know... Every team it felt, can use, it felt like very, very much of a summer league performance to me, and I don't yeah, know why. I think that archetype of player it just always is going to feel a little bit like that. Like I think you really have to be like a Jordan Clarkson, Lou Williams level of offensive player to thrive as that offense only from the bench player. And I don't think Robinson has nearly he doesn't have that. The that Michael level of Beasley skill. disrespect. Well, Beasley is bigger, which I think just makes it easier. Like that's the other thing. Wara looking really good probably even makes it harder for Justin Robinson to carve out minutes because, again, I don't think it would happen either way. But it looks like they're going to have a microwave bench scorer already. And Rodney Hood could end up being that as well if he can get healthy. So uh, I just I don't think it's something the Bucks are going to look to, like you say, like in the Bucks context. I don't think it makes a ton of sense. But we'll see. I mean, it never hurts to have a guy who who has some intriguing offensive tools. And it seems like Robinson does have that. Yeah. Um, Three players left. Where do you want to go? Let's uh, let's save the best for last year. Let's go with uh, – so let's get this out of the way. Let's go with Elijah Bryant. Ugh, Just sucks. Yeah, not great. What are you doing? He's not a point guard. I don't know. It's, what is he? Uh, bad. Okay, okay. I want to clear something up on the pod because I got a, a couple tweets about this. The Bucks did not pick Elijah Bryant over Mamani Diakite. And I don't even care that much about the Diakite. I don't. I don't think I'm, we made the bet last pot. I don't think Diakite is all that good. But um, they cut both guys. They didn't save Bryant over Diakite. They released both players. Diakite gets picked up on waivers by OKC. If OKC doesn't do that and nobody wants to give him an NBA deal, he probably ends up on a camp deal similar to Elijah Bryant on the Bucks. But somebody wanted him, so he's not doing that. Elijah Bryant, nobody cared so he was he was free after being waived and able to be brought back so it wasn't the bucks didn't say we would rather have bryant they said we'd rather have zero of those two guys as the 15th man we didn't like either of them yeah (laughs) and we'll see if we'll keep them if we can for basically free they can play in oshkosh if they want after after training camp and and preseason um but they just lost the opportunity to do that with diakite so i think that's worth saying but yeah i i i Stan Van Gundy on TNT was talking about guys fighting for the 15th roster spot. I don't think these young guys are really doing that. I think they are you know, warming up, trying to get a good impression made before going to play with the herd. And, you know, maybe if Sandro does get converted eventually, they can fight for that roster spot. But I don't think there's any chance that we see Robinson, Delorier, Bryant. Or uh, Robinson's already on a two-way, excuse me, but Delorier, Bryant, or Tremont Waters, the other young guy who was brought in, who we can talk about next, 
actually win that 15th roster spot. I think it's going to stay open for the foreseeable future. Uh, you conveniently left one guy out of it, so that's good. Yeah, well, um, I, I said the younger guys. I said the younger guys. Okay. Um, so I don't, I don't want to spoil about, your thunder. Let's talk about Waters. You got it's, five minutes. Yeah. A steal. Three shots in those five minutes, which that's, I think that's is – the, That's the best step. <laughs> I, I think that's the Tremont Waters experience. His pull-up, too, looked really clean. Yes, yes. It was just like a get to your spot sort of pull up. And it's like, oh, okay. As long as I, at this point, we're just impressed with like abilities on a basketball court. Bucks always need point guards. I think he's going to be a really fun player in Oshkosh. And I mean, listen, I will say like guys like Devontae Graham didn't really look like NBA players and then got G League reps and, and really worked on their games and got better and came yeah, back. We're not as saying NBA this players. is the final product. Yeah. This is just initial. No, we're not trying to we're not trying to harp on anyone's career or anything. We're just like we're saying how we perceive them as yeah. of now. But that doesn't mean that their story's over. They can still get better. They can still prove themselves. It's not over. Tremont, but right now shot, it's not great. Shot thirty nine percent across twenty six games with Boston last year. That's not bad. Real Boston, yeah. the Celtics, the the outhouse. Yes, the I was trying to think of what was it, what did he say? The outhouse to the Fed house. Shout out Jeff Teague. Signed somewhere so I can actually pay off this pick. Uh, <laughs> also, he was an eighteen-seven-two steals guy in the G League on okay efficiency. I don't know. I, I'm not as low on on Waters as I think some people on Bucks Twitter are. But that being said, my expectation is maybe he's a two-way guy by the start of next year. Like I'm not expecting him to win a roster spot. Yeah. But it's I like just, I like have, taking the to, gamble on him. We have to look at it in the context of a team that's gunning to repeat as NBA champions. Like, <laughs> at the end of the day, this isn't going to matter. <laughs> probably not. I, I honestly, you could probably convince me if you really wanted to, and I don't know why you would. He might be a better two way candidate than Justin Robinson, maybe. But I don't care that much to argue it. And if they want to make that, that that one thing about two ways, you can basically flip them around as much as you want to. They, they never count against the tax. So um, maybe that, that could happen if, if the G League bears that out for those guys. But, yeah, I thought, you know, fine, fine start. Um, yeah, that's about all I have. It's fine. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Not a whole lot. There wasn't a huge sample for us to really analyze. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I, I don't know. I would say hopefully he gets to play a little bit more. I guess I would like to see the good players playing too. But something tells yeah, me these guys are next game. I think I think probably like the last game before the year starts. Well, yeah. Really, that might be when that might be when we get to see the young guys, the unproven guys, play like the whole game. Really, so Bucks? Can, I think so. Oh, I was gonna say that's probably when I don't know, like the big guys play. Is that historically? I don't know. I guess I don't remember. How you might be. I think you might be right, actually. But in my opinion, I would want to see the game well, play like. It, well, and it might it might change too, like. If someone's not really ready until that last game, they probably would want them to get run just to get loose. It doesn't matter. Um, let's talk about the big nine seven. I'll take, <laughs> take the stage. You've been you've been excited about this. I'm not super excited about jerseys out of date, but I guess it's just more of a collector's item. Well, okay, let's talk about that first. Johnny O'Brien is now wearing number ninety seven for the Milwaukee. Bucks. Is this his third Bucks number now? Yes, seven. Is it seven seventy seven and ninety seven? Um, potentially. I no, I swear he wore three. No, I think you're you're right. Three seventy-seven and yeah. This was a this was a Jeopardy question. Oh yeah, you're right. 
That going to show why I didn't win GSP and Jeopardy. Because you didn't answer any questions. <laughs> I want someone to pull up the data. I I don't think Adam hazarded that many more answers than me. It's a low number, if any. I just picked my spots better. I was um, Grayson Allen. He was Dante DiVincenzo. Oof. Um, Johnny O'Brien, 97 for the Bucks. He's back. He was good. He had five minutes, but in those five minutes, he looked good. He looks, for a guy who left the NBA as basically a three, he looked way bigger than Delorier to me. Like, he looks like... He's listed at 6'9". I he he looks big in a couple ways, but also like just the height way. He he looks bulky, like he looks oh, like yeah. a legit four or five option, which is we we've talked about something the Bucks kind of need, so it plays well in it for him that he does look like that. But his one stat besides a foul was a three. It was a pretty three, like a fading out to be on the arc and and beating the big guy who's on him out there and just nailing a three in his face. Yeah, it was it was good. He set some good screens earlier. Like Wara missed a missed a three off the screen assist from Job. That was definitely not a moving screen. But uh, <laughs> like, hey, if they don't call it, it's not a moving screen. Exactly. Uh, but I like. I'm not trying to just be like, oh my god, he's been on the pod before, so I'm gonna just uh, <laughs> just say all good things about him. But like, what what am I supposed to say wrong? Like, occasionally. On defense, you could see his feet moving, and it's like, ooh, is he going to fall down? <laughs> <laughs> I I'll, I just I want to see more run. I think is like yeah, like he got five minutes, thirty seven seconds. I would like to see. I'd like to see him play that like consecutively at some point with some real players, like more with Wara if if the other guys aren't playing. But I would love to see maybe like the second or third game if we could have a lineup that's like Holiday. Grayson, Chris, and then maybe even like Wara Job or or Mamu Job, like like a little kind of a small ball lineup. Like let him play some small ball five ish. I actually think he and and Mamu could be kind of an interesting combo like that. Although they're both a little small, so maybe it wouldn't work. But that would be rough defensively. <laughs> yeah, I think defense offensively, I think it'd work pretty well. Defensively, it might be tough. But I would like to see him maybe even play with Brooke a little bit more. Um, but I would just like to see him. I want to see more of him, especially once the the rotation, more of the, the top end rotation guys get healthy. Um, but I thought early returns were good. He was very much the you know bigger, both literally and like play wise, play style wise. He was the bigger player that we were promised. Like not you know really remade himself as closer to a five than a three yeah. for sure. Yeah, he went. Uh, he went overseas, changed his game, and now he's back, and he fits the role of what the Bucks are missing on their roster. Which Do you is actually why was, think they'll sign him? I, I think there's a chance. I think it's he has a better shot than any of the other guys. Probably, yeah. But I, he, I don't. The, what we've been talking about is like, oh, they're one big short. Like, just imagine if they had, like, a stretch big on their roster. You you were thinking about Bismack. Who would you rather have, Bismack, Biabo, or Johnny O'Brien? Give me J-O-B. I've, yeah, exactly. Charlotte, Charlotte people weighed in, said, you don't want Bismack. I, I said, okay, I'll take your word. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's fair. <laughs> I, I just said, uh, enough said. I, I hear you. Hey, 
you know what? That's a great life lesson. If someone knows information about something, maybe take it into consideration. Do you think they should mandate the banning of fast food, Rohan? Oh. <laughs> uh, but no, but this is what I was saying. Like, we've, would, we've been talking all offseason, right? Like, if you can get another floor spacing backup big, that's great. J-O-B fits that pool. That's all I'm saying. So that's why I'm saying he's a better chance than any other player out of these uh, these camp deal guys. Like, And plus, he in given, it's been five minutes. We need to have a larger sample, more <laughs> games. But he had a better performance than some of these other guys. Yeah. I, I, I really – I need to seek out some clarification. So I think – because remember last year – I can't even remember his name now. Who was the somewhat established guy who the Bucks got on a two-way? And we were like, how can they even have him on a two-way? I, I know the player. Oh, I, God. I, I just – I for some reason, I can't think of the name right now. Um, but I wonder if the – because so JLB has four years of NBA service, so I don't know if he would technically be eligible for a two-way contract. But if he was, that would be a pretty interesting option. Justin too. Jackson. Justin Jackson, yes. If they did move on uh, – if they wanted to move on from Robin, Ruby Robinson, I don't think they're going to move on from – no. Uh, Mama anytime soon, but that would be interesting because Justin Jackson, before signing that contract, I guess. So he had the, the way I always thought the rule was if you hit four years of service at any point. So I guess I need to look up exactly when you hit it, but that last season he had played in the NBA with OKC, which was his fourth NBA year before signing the two way. So J.O.B. already has four full years. This would be his fifth year, so I don't think he could. But I don't know. That would be a fun option. Doesn't seem like that will be on the table, but we'll see. We'll see. Like these, uh, the two-way rules are constantly being changed. So yeah, I feel Uh, like they're doing it more like, how can we make this work instead of we're going to keep rules to keep guys out? Which is good. No, of course, that's how it should be. They were way too restrictive at first, thinking that there would ever be like a competitive advantage or something. It it doesn't exist. Like, yeah, the Bucks had like seven two way guys the first year it was available. Yeah. And because the time before Bud kept playing them. (laughs) Why, like, why couldn't, like, the fact that they couldn't play in the playoffs, I just thought was stupid. Because, like, Again, there's no advantage. Like you're not gonna stash a secret weapon on a two-way who's ready to come in, and they're they're low experience guys by nature. And and if they were any, if they were good enough to warrant that status, they'd sign a real contract. So uh, we'll see. Um, would is there anyone currently on the actual roster that you would prefer to see moved for Job? I don't think there is. I think they're pretty tight, one through fourteen. Yeah, I think they are too. Like. I mean, no, there's not really anyone, <laughs> realistically. You're not going to move on from either of your draft picks. No. Well, well only one of them is on an actual well, yeah. NBA deal. And then the other guys, all all of them have a chance to be in the rotation. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, Thanasis is the one, but obviously. He has a chance to be on. in the rotation. I, I, I will die on the hill. And they're not going to move on from him anyway. Um, but really, he has a chance to be in the rotation. Yep, that that's exactly what I meant. But yeah, I, I think overall it's a pretty competitive roster, which I think is good. I certainly think there's a lot of depth here. Like we've said multiple times, it's not all going to work out. They're not going to end up with 14 playable guys. Don't but... tempt Bud. <laughs> uh, 
I, yeah, you're right. Um, you know, last year we said Horst took away options, so we'd be forced. Now Horst is playing with fire here. Maybe there's going to be a couple of consolidation trades, some prospects brought in. We'll see. Um, but I, I do like the depth, especially for what looks to be a season where the number one goal is stay healthy and and maintain a top seed. Uh, I, I like the I like the concept of having all this depth for sure. Yeah, it's uh it's gonna be fun. We're gonna see a lot of these guys going forward. Like we said, next game is Friday against the Brooklyn Nets uh, in Brooklyn. So yeah, at six thirty Central on, again on NBA TV. Why are all why are these all nationally televised? Big, big time bucks. That's why. You know. I, why. I hope TNT enjoyed the uh, <laughs> the Jordan Wara show. I the hope Nassus. they enjoyed the Thanasis experience. The, what What do you want? They had an Atetokounmpo starting the national game, Rohan. What else can you ask for? <laughs> they got the They got the John Moran show though. Yeah, which yeah, is good. They did. Uh, <laughs> uh, are we missing anything that we need to talk about here? I mean, I guess like the GM survey came out. Oh yeah. Yeah, I thought really fun results for the Bucks. I was pretty pleased with how it turned out. I know Drew Holiday uh, was number one on perimeter defenders, and Giannis received votes. Giannis was number one on overall defenders, and I think versatile defenders. Yes, he was. He was number two on interior defenders. He was number one for MVP, I think. No, he was not number one for MVP. Who was number one for MVP? Oh, uh, number no, I thought he – are you sure? No. I thought I it was him, sure. Luca. Oh. Number one is Kevin Durant. I have it up. Number two yep. is Luca with 33%, and Giannis is third with 13%. Still asleep. I think he's going to win it. So like, oh, I guess we'll see about his health. And I was thinking of starting international player. Yes. If you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player, who would it be? Number one, Luca, 43. Number two, Giannis, 40. Yeah. See, here's the thing. Luca's 22, right? Giannis is 26. Obviously, Luca's younger. But it's like the, oh my god! It's like, do you want a boat or what's yep. behind the door? Yep, yep. Oh my god! It could be a boat. <laughs> like, what's the best thing that could happen with Luca? He's the best player on a title team. Yeah, I mean that's I mean, the best possible outcome for any NBA player. I think it's easier to build around Luca. I mean, I wonder if that goes into it because he's more of the typical, like, two, like not two way star, but more the typical like transcendent offensive player where. If you can get one other star and then just role players, you're good. And I think you have to be a little more specific with how you build around Giannis, which the Bucks have done a yeah. good job at doing. Cool. But There's been one non-two-way superstar that's one that's been the best player in a title team in the last 15 years. Steph. Yeah, one time. Yeah. I I didn't pick Luca. No, I'm I just saying. Just, yeah. <laughs> I, I so would have maybe it's not lost. easier to build a title contender. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's fair. Maybe we're also biased. Right? Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit. Um, but I um, thought overall the Bucks, the Bucks, Chris Middleton got a vote for best small forward. I want to know which GM I is really tampering. That's tampering. Well, or it's Horst. <laughs> and can you vote for your own guys? Usually you can't in these things, but it's hard to say. Like who's who's trying to tamper? Like we need names. With Chris Middleton of all players, maybe it was a maybe it was Brad Stevens. Because <laughs> he's, he's seen it up close. He's, he's like, oh man, this, this guy's the best small forward. <laughs> nobody, nobody puts fear. You know what? What really happened though is that person said Giannis is the best power forward. 
KD is the second best. LeBron is the third best power forward. So Chris is the best small forward. But still, I feel like you'd have to go through a few names on other positions, but that GM must have very specific <laughs> positional designations. It actually be Brad, you know? That, yeah. That GM, like, yeah, there's 86 power forwards, 70 shooting guards, and 16 starting small forwards in the league. Which I'm okay with. I, listen, it was like the Wes Matthews thing. I was happy to see him get a vote. I was scanning through because I was like, okay, Giannis had three positions. That was pretty expected. Chris Middleton, is let's that go. Yeah, when, I think is, so. when does Giannis play three? Never, but you know, like he's still <laughs> how how many things still list him as a small forward regularly? Like people are just outdated with with their with their notions and takes. That's fair. Like, to be fair, we've seen the jumbo bucks do well. Yeah, I mean, well, you could argue Brooke, Bobby, Giannis, which we didn't see a lot of, but. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The jumbo bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, in terms of positioning and stuff, the GM said 72% for the Nets winning the title. 17% 17% for the Lakers and 10% for the Bucks. I don't get the Lakers thing. I was listening to the low post again. Second, I plug Zach Lowe every day reference to this pod. He's talking about Trevor Ariza like he can play. I'll, I'll do the Stephen A thing. Certified scrub. Trevor Ariza <laughs> cannot play. I saw the Athletic at one point said they think he's going to start games. Are no, you he kidding? will start games. I don't think he's going to start games. I he think they're going to get they're there. Start. I, I think they're in camp. They're going to start a center, first off. We all know. Let's stop acting like they're not going to start a center. They're going to start. I heard today they need to start DeAndre Jordan to soothe his feelings because Dwight is better at coming off the bench. Meanwhile, the Nets were just like, bro, you're not going to play at all. He's going to start now, apparently. That's, a, that's an option for the Lakers. I think they're going to start a center, AD, LeBron, Russ, and then one of Monk Ellington, which is also kind of LOL. And um, uh, who's the other – the guy they got from Miami? None. Yeah, or none. None, Monk, or or Ellington. Trevor Ariza stinks, man. Like, I'm sorry. We saw stinks. it up close. We saw it up close. The shots, defining shots moment – Shots There's film of what you did. We saw it. There, the defining moment of his playoff run – was doing a push-up on Giannis. And Giannis looked at him, not even with anger, just with, like, just contempt. Like, why, really do you, why, do you, why do you even exist on the same basketball court as me, Trevor Ariza, in 20? <laughs> I'm bothered by your existence. Since, um, his, since his age 30 season, he shot better than 30% from three in a regular season once. That man is 36 years old. He is no, cooked. No, uh, not a star. What is worth last year uh, – the GMs had 81% for the Lakers winning the title. Shocker. Can't, can't, yeah. can't understand why. The Lakers love, I don't get it at all. I will never understand. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We do. But, <laughs> like, they built they built to be a regular season team. That's the most anti-Lakers thing I can ever even think of. Russell they're, Westbrook. The thing is, they're not even built to be a regular season team well, this year. That's what they prioritize. That's what Russell, Russell was. They've said it. Like, oh, LeBron does too much ball handling, so we needed to get Russ. Did you? You couldn't have signed like a random what's what's Jordan Crawford up to? Get Jordan Crawford in there if you need someone to handle the ball. Who cares about the regular season? Doesn't matter. You could have vet men Jordan Crawford dribble the ball and miss a lot of jumpers. Uh, this is Jeff T disrespect. 
Jeff Teague is available. That's a great call. They could have had Jeff Teague once every two months. Jeff Teague would have done that that sort of impact. If you can find three guys like Jeff Teague, you can just cobble together the game. Could you imagine if the Bucks had or if the Lakers side Jeff Teague? It's like, man, this guy was playing in the finals last year. Tory Did you Craig, see his Tory game Craig six? Vibes. Did Tory you see Craig his vibes. game six against uh, the Hawks in the closeout game in the conference finals? Oh my goodness! The Lakers have gotten an absolute steal. That's what it here. would be. That's what it would. They talk every player on that team now. Kent Bazemore is being talked about. Like I, I don't even know. What has Kent Bazemore done in the last like five years? He had a surprisingly good year with Golden State. Nobody cared about last cool. year. Cool. What did it mean? Did it mean anything? No, no. I, I like. I think Mello might be the best. Mello and Dwight are probably the best old guys that they signed. I think most of the yeah. old guys that they signed. And Ellington's okay. Dwight's but- fine. Mello's fine. Yeah. But it's like they don't eh. fit. No, I, I, I just I, the Russ LeBron thing. I, I can't wait. I legitimately can't wait to see a full season of this. Yeah. Uh, is there any other fun stuff from the survey? Um, seeing Drew, Chris, and Giannis all appear on it, I thought it was cool in some yes. way, shape, or form. Yeah, best defensive player in the NBA. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah, Giannis gets forty-seven percent of the vote. The reigning defensive player of the year gets 17. <laughs> He's still got best interior defender, though. Yeah. They're which still, I mean, They're still seeding that to him. Which, yeah, it's fine. Sure. I mean, he is. Yeah. Just he can't do anything else. Yeah. <laughs> He's good at what he does, but uh, what he does is always. <laughs> who would you um, give who, best defensive player who can't play offense to first, him or Simmons? I don't want to give anything to Simmons. I think, it's, I think it's Gobert. I think it's Gobert. Yeah. On offense. If you just like, yeah, I think it's Gobert. I think he's yeah. worse at offense than even Ben. Gobert can't punish mismatches. We've talked about this. Nick That's our Batum. least favorite type of player. Nick Batum. Ugh. Uh, on this list as well, uh, Drew Holiday was third at 10%. At what? Uh, best defensive player. I thought you meant best interior. I was like, what the oh, hell? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, no, I thought. I mean, um, did you see him get that uh, strip block on DeAndre Ayton in the finals? Like, it's true. Future, apparently not max player DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, interesting. Robert Sarver is creaking his head out. He's like, would, would you pay him the full hands? max? Yes. I don't know. You have to. Uh, do you? I'm not. I'm not saying he's like, oh, he's a max type player, but it's like that's just it's what you do. Yeah, that's what happened with Wiggins. I know they're better. I know they're a lot better. But yeah, like this is a team that can win the title. I, I don't mind that. I do not like the oh, he's the number one pick. You have to no, you don't. No, you don't it's not to. that. It's to. not that. It's that yeah. you do what you need to to keep a title contending team good. Yeah, like, I mean, especially like this is that was what year three. He's only getting better. Well, probably development is not linear. It's not, but his development has been linear. Sort of. Yeah, it has been. He he was he was lost on defense his rookie year into a good defender in the playoffs last year. Yeah, good. He's getting better. Like I would, I just I don't know if he does. Like okay, let me put it this way: I don't know if like if you're purely looking at like dollars to production that it's worth it. But you some you have to do what you have to do. See, this is a tough thing for me because they I gave Gobert a- the supermax. You have to do what you have to do. Oh, yeah. So that contract stinks. So why shouldn't someone else do one of those? My, I have a flow chart with centers is like, are you going to be on the 
Embiid, Towns, Jokic level of usefulness as a center? Yes, no. If no, don't give them a huge bag of money because I just feel like it's the most replaceable position. I don't think Aiton, what he does, is that replaceable. But I don't know. Nearly double what Jared Allen got? I don't know. Uh, that's Not yeah, nearly double, he, but... He does more than Jared Allen. He gets to play with Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Jared Allen had to play in Cleveland and pre-good Brooklyn, mostly. Okay, I don't know. but... <laughs> Aiton, we, come on. Come on, Ty. DeAndre Aiton's better than Jared Allen. He's better. He's like yeah. a tier better? Yeah. Half a tier better? More than half a tier. Okay. Okay. Uh, I guess just wrapping up the survey, uh, Budenholzer, 3% oh. for fifth best coach in the NBA. Um, he was fifth in best coach. He didn't get, yeah. he didn't get 3% of the vote in the fifth best coach in the NBA. No. <laughs> 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 so he got a vote. Um, so he got one vote for best coach in the NBA. Yeah. Um, uh, who won? You did not get, did not get a, uh, who won? Uh, Spolstra. Oh, sure. It's fair, I think. Um, I don't know. I mean, one guy out coached the hell out of the other guy in a four-game sweep in the playoffs mm. a couple months ago. You know ago, what's funny, but... though? It's uh, He's fifth, right, for best head coach in the NBA. And then there's two other questions. Which head coach runs the best offense? Budenholzer third, 17%. Best defense? Budenholzer second, 17%. But he's fifth for best coach? If you have the second best, third best offense, the second best defense, you don't add those two numbers together to get your ranking. <laughs> I guess they're factoring in maybe like rotations and, and adjustments and stuff. Oh, he he also got a vote for uh, or yeah, got a vote for which coach makes makes the best in game adjustments. That's fair. The way they t- not in game, I, I wouldn't say, but over the course of a series, I can see giving him a vote. Um, the offense one seems a little high to me, but the defense one is is right. At second in defense is pretty fair. I'm guessing Quinn Snyder was first. Yes, for offense, yeah. Oh, I meant for defense. Oh, Quinn Snyder was best for offense. Who was best for defense? Tibbs. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to hold this. Snyder was away. third for defense. Quinn Snyder was first and third, and ugh, I don't know about that one. He ended um, up third, which is fair based on how those rankings play out. The thing that Bud got knocked for, I alleged, like according to the survey, which doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things, uh, he did not get a single vote for which head coach is the best manager slash motivator of people. See, I think that's that's way off base. I feel like that's one of the things he is really good at. Yeah. Just because they don't get his rah-rah speeches on camera because he purposefully doesn't put them there. Listen to any of the players talk about the impact Bud has had on the organization. I think it's it's without a doubt. Like I think there are things you can ding him for. I'm fine with him being top five but not top one on the top coaches list again, which is a really weird thing to try and actually parse out. But to say he's not motivating players, I think it's kind of silly. Yeah. Uh, and for best assistant, Darvin Ham was tied for number one with Kenny Atkinson at 17%. Oh. Uh, also getting votes, uh, Charles Lee and Milwaukee. There's a lot of questions about coaching on the survey. They really did. I don't know if I was ready for this many different categories. Um, let's see. What else? This is a big survey. <laughs> I'm just reading this as I'm going. <laughs> uh, which team, I'm just going Bucks. Who cares about the rest of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which team has the best home court advantage receiving votes? Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. Um, most athletic player, Giannis, number two. Zion won? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Best pure shooter, uh, number one, Steph, 90%. <laughs> it's hard to argue. Uh, Seth Curry got a vote. KD got a vote. Duncan Robinson got a vote. Those are the only other things. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say Chris, but I, I get it. Um, let's see here. Is there anything else fun? Best leader, Giannis got fourth, 10%. LeBron won. Chris Paul won, 43%. LeBron got 20, Dame got third with 17. Most versatile player. Why did Giannis they do this is- survey? Dame's blowing up the what? I don't know. <laughs> Dame had a press conference and said, Am I gonna stay? Who's who's to say? Hard to tell at this point. GM said, that's leadership. Most most versatile player, LeBron won, Giannis two, despite Giannis being ahead of LeBron in literally every single other category. Um Oh, no, sorry. LeBron is the best basketball IQ. Fair. Um, I, okay, I, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think we've gotten to the, the end of it. I, didn't, I, I had seen a couple things. I thought there was like 10 questions. Um, I'm glad we went through the, the GM survey in this level of detail. Um, now that I'm ready to take a nap, I think it's time to wrap up here. Yeah, okay. Uh, we are fully back in the Bucks basketball <laughs> Here, if you're still listening to this, uh, thank you. Thanks for journeying with us through this survey. Thank you for listening in general. Uh, make sure you check out the Substack. We've been doing a lot on the Substack, gspn.substack.com. That's where you can find it. Make sure you subscribe. You know what else you should subscribe to? Our YouTube channel. You thought you were going a different direction here. Uh, Eurostep Podcast Network on YouTube. But again, the most important, what you should subscribe to is the Eurostep Podcast Network on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you leave that five-star Apple review. Like Ty mentioned earlier, just hit us up on Twitter. And we, if you want to get in the Discord, just send us a screenshot of that. And again, you'll get it right on the pod. So it's great. Two ways to succeed by leaving a five-star review. Plus, you're just helping us out. So make sure you do that. Uh, make sure you check out all of our stuff on Twitter. Make sure you check out all the stuff on the Blue Wire Network. We're going to be back with you, giving the best content possible during this Milwaukee Bucks 2021-2022 season. Stick with all of us, Adam Jordan, too, as well. Just the entire Eurostep Podcast Network. This is going to be good. This is going to be real good. This year is going to be awesome. Hopefully you can be a part of this journey with us. Uh, Thank you, everyone. We'll talk to you next time.